sure that the the people out there on podcast would agree that you know the USA has changed a lot of 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 that music influence uh, um, around the world. So I'm really happy and, and, and respectful and and you know to say that yeah I'm I'm really glad that I'm really influenced by the American music and and it's really changed my life a lot you know since I was a kid. So it's just beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> now, 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 who's your top three singers of all time? I would say, I would say my top three singers would be um, none other than Elvis Presley. You know, because mm-hmm. I'm 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 going back old school, and the second one would be Tom Jones, and the third one would be I don't know if you heard of him, Anchorbird Humberdick. Uh, no, I haven't heard of it. Have you heard of this song? Please release me. Let me go for I something like that. It's it's, it's sort of <laughs> Yeah. You have an awesome voice, by the way. Oh, thank you. Thank yeah. you. Thank yeah. you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Now as far as act oh well, first I gotta tell you this before I get there. Uh what are your top three the top three songs, oh gee, that would be that would be pretty hard. I think I think I because I, I love all types of songs. I think when it comes to my mind, I think the top one song would be the Beatles um Here Comes the Sun, because that's just a nice peaceful, happy kind of a song, uh, Here Comes yeah. the Sun by the Beatles. Here comes the um, sun. Doodly. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, that's that's right. And my second one would be um, Billy Jean by Michael Jackson. Because oh, I love that. I love, I just love that beat. And the third one would be by um, by Elvis Presley. It's, I don't know if everybody heard of the song. It's just called Memories. So that's, the, I'll, 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 when it comes to my mind, those are the three, top three songs that I could think of that really, you know, that really moves me uh, to this day. Yeah, and like say for instance, um, another one. Let's see. For me, my favorite Beatles song would have to be "Come Together." One of them would have to be "Come Together." Oh, that's, um, that's beautiful. Uh, another one is "When I'm 60. Man, I love "When I'm 64. Oh, you love the Beatles? I mean, they hold a special place in my heart. I wouldn't say I love. Wow. I wouldn't say I love the Beatles, but how do you hate the Beatles? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I think they were one of the first uh, bands that actually crossed over because they were in England and they just blew up everywhere. Yeah, yeah. They were the first um, international band to make it in America because uh, I think all the British acts back then was trying to make it um, in America and there was a lot of talented European uh, musicians that were trying to make it to America, but they didn't actually make it through. And for some reason, um, the Beatles were the first one in, in musical history to do that, I think. Well, because they, so, they were innovative. Like, uh, like yes, uh, yes. Elvis was innovative. You know, he was doing yes. things back then that were like, I remember they used to record him from the waist up. Because yes. dances, you know, he would do were considered X-rated. That's right. 
Ooh, and, now we, and now we have people like Cardi B making WAP, you know? <laughs> I think I think back then, uh, I think um, with Elvis Costello, I mean, he'll, he just got that from, you know, from the black entertainers because everything that he learned, um, you know, that I read about, that he was influenced by the black entertainers. And I think that without that influence by the black entertainers, I don't think that we would have had the Elvis now. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. It was quite amazing for me to read that. That he was heavily influenced by that. I mean, there, there's also other influences by Elvis, but I think mostly by the black entertainers that it was um, heavily influenced by. Yeah, and uh, I don't know if you knew this, but uh, Frank Sinatra was way before Elvis. I think. Uh, Elvis came in on the heels when Frank Sinatra was slowly going out. Did you know that Frank was actually jealous and intimidated by Elvis? Yeah, I heard that. I was reading somewhere. Yeah. um, I think they did a concert together. They did a concert together. It's actually on YouTube. The whole show he was taking uh, jabs at him. Like, and, and I think uh, he tried to sabotage him where he couldn't do this the whole show, but he needed him for clout. And, you know, Elvis was the big thing and, you know, he was the old thing. So he was trying to ride his wave. So he got him on the show, but um, they did a song together. And the, when, you know, Frankie saying, you know, everybody was just like clapping. But when Elvis sang, the whole stage erupted and the look on Frankie's face was just priceless. Yes, yes. I, I was reading somewhere that um, he got Elvis on the show because he wanted that rating. And, you know, as you said before, that he wants to ride on that wave that Elvis was, was getting into, you know, bringing into that breaking doors and, and get into that uh, new influence that he was bringing to, to American music. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So there was a bit of a, a attention there, but I think later on, um, I think the friendship uh, uh, grew and Frank Sinatra um, actually admitted that Elvis is one of his favorite singers. He, he actually admitted that. Yeah. That's awesome. Frank yeah. Sinatra says you're one of his favorites. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. I, 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 I didn't know that because her, her daughter, her daughter Nancy Sinatra actually admitted that her father said that. Yeah, you know, Elvis was one of his favorite singers, but I don't think it was his favorite singer until much later because they did become friends until until much later. I think, but I think mm-hmm. from the beginning, because Elvis was new, he was he was hitting the the waves as this as this new rock and roll singer, and I think that. Frank Sinatra was intimidated by by rock and roll. Yeah. And, and, you know, I really, I really admire the Rat Pack. If I ever got famous, I would want to recreate like a modern day version, you know? (laughs) That's true. You know, you and me the same. (laughs) You know, they just rolled around doing whatever the fuck they wanted to do, spending stupid money that had no business being spent in yes. places they had no business being, you know, you know, yes. Dean, Frank, and, you know, uh, uh, what was it, Sammy? You know, they were just, you know, 
yeah, I was, yeah, it's, it was, it was just a wild time back then. It was just crazy times and, and all that. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> now, who's your favorite director? I would say, I would say to my mind, uh, I think there's three. So, so one will be Steven Spielberg. Yes, is a is a classic that one. Uh, Steven Spielberg. The second one will be Ilya Kazan. Uh, he's he's this has gone back way back in in the fifties, and also Frank Capra. Uh, if, if you could work with any one director, which one would it be? I would say Ilya Kazan. Nice. Yeah, Kazan. Yes. Nice. Why is that? I think at that time in the nineteen fifties, when he when he worked with Marlon Brando and James Dean, he was bringing in this this method system into into his directing. And yeah, I would say that he was kind of like a, I don't know if this thing as a method actor, but he was he he was a method actor and a and a method director. And I think that, you know, he was trying to bring that realism, you know, the naturalistic realism um, into into his film work uh, back then. I mean, now it's, it's it's the norm now, but back then it was just starting, it was just starting to, to get better and better, you know, because American way of acting is, it's just, it's just so different from European acting. So, so that's what I love about you know, Kazan's uh, direction was, that realism and that naturalism that he was trying to get um, to his actors to portray in, in real life situations. So yeah, I would, I would definitely work with Ilya Kazan. Yeah. Now, if somebody uh, pick out a live director you would love to work with, if I pick out a live director, I would I would say Steven Spielberg. Yeah, figured, figured. If I had to pick a dead director, it would be Stanley Kubrick. Oh wow, wow! I would, yeah, I would yes. love to because he's not an easy director. He was one of the hardest directors to work with. Because yes. I don't know if you knew this, but on the set of Eyes Wide Shut, he would make them stay up for three days straight just so he could get that sleepy effect that that dreamlike state out of Nicole Kidman and Brad Pitt. Oh, you mean or Tom Cruise? Yeah, Tom Cruise. Yeah, oh, and uh, like he wouldn't let them shoot on the uh, same set. Like while one was on set, the other had to like leave because he wanted to create that real feeling of jealousy. Like you know, he wasn't an easy director. So I would like to have the Stanley Kubrick experience just to see what he could pull out of me. You know. You know, like, like, w- would I kill the guy or would I give an Oscar award winning performance? <laughs> we would know. And speaking of awards, shout out to uh, Zendaya. She just won. I think this was her first well deserved Emmy for the series Euphoria. Right, right. Yeah, because right. the Emmys are on tonight. And she, yeah, she just won. Uh, whether it was her first one, if it's not, it wouldn't surprise me, but she deserved it, man. I'm so happy for her. Wow, that's great. That's great. I'll give my love to her. <laughs> yeah, very, very nice uh, actress, very well-mannered, too. Wow. I love the way she carries herself as a you know lady. She can sing, dance, act, do it all. She definitely has a good 
uh, head wow. on her shoulders. Her parents should definitely be proud. Wow. Wow. Mm-hmm. Now, how much are you into musicals? Are you like a musical theater kid or do you just dabble? Uh, to be honest with you, Jonathan, I don't think I'm not really into musicals, really. But I I was challenged by a friend because I remember um, I just had an audition and I was talking to my friend about it. Just, oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if, if I can do musicals because I'm not really, you know, it's not really my my forte. He goes, well, you know, as an actor, you could, you have to challenge yourself, you know, you have to bring it out there. So, so when I audition for it, you know, I mean, I mean, for some reason, sorry, for some reason, it just passed. So, but I, I, I would say that I wouldn't be really into into musical. Um, it just really depends on on what it is. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would love to see you in Sweeney Todd. I think you would be a good just Turpin or Sweeney. Oh, thanks. Thanks, mate. Thank you. Yeah, I, you know, I just want to see that different because I feel like, yes, you're a jolly, happy person, but I feel like there's some sadness and darkness in you that you could really bring to the uh, the character of uh, Sweetie or the judge because, you know, what's darker than a pedophile? So, you know, like, there's something, like, like people don't really get into those characters. Yes. Like yes. they should. You know, like say for instance, Anthony, whenever he sings Joanna, he sings it like stalkerish. You know what I right. mean? Yes. Because there's a line where he's like, even now I'm at your window, I am in the dark beside you. You know, <laughs> and he says, I feel you. But yes. mind you, he's come. You know, he sailed the world and beheld his wonders and, you know, he's new and he's coming from somewhere. No telling what he's been through. So when he says, I feel you, it's not like he's rubbing her skin like this girl is locked away in a tower with a pervert. And, you know, he's just saying, I feel your pain. Right, you know, and right. a lot of people don't get that because they don't research the character. You know, yes, that, that's right. When I, when I um, first got into Jesus Christ Superstar, and and after we finished the show, um, the review on the local paper came out, and and I was quite surprised that the reviewer, um, the reporter said on the musical review on our musical Jesus Christ Superstar said that I was that I played a different part. Of of Caiaphas the high priest, not not as a um, not as a villain, but so like um, a person that had that vulnerability in it. So I wanted to play this character with some kind of a vulnerability. You, you know, not too evil. I don't think he's evil. I think I think it's just misunderstood. So that's yeah, how I approach no, the Because no true villain, like a real villain thinks they're the hero actually exactly exactly yeah now um if you could do musical theater again what role would you want if i do musical theater again let's see just a really great one there if i ever do one again i think i would love to do that musical called wicked 
Uh, that's a great one. Yeah, I would love to play. I would love to play the Wizard of Oz. A Polynesian actor playing the Wizard of Oz. I would love to do that. You know, that's something that I would love to. I would love to do sometime. You know. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, what's the best advice you could give to somebody trying to do what you're doing? I think the best advice is actually I don't have any advice, but I, I would say this to be truthful. For those who want to be starting acting, it's, it's not going to be easy because this industry that that us actors are getting into, it's it's very competitive, you know, and everybody looks like each other, you know, they look like clones of each other, you know, and and it's and it's and it's very hard to get your foot in the door. And I would say my best advice is you must persevere and you've got to have that stamina, but mostly you've got to have that passion. You know, if you're going to exceed, because to to be an actor is you got to ask yourself this question: Why do you want to be an actor? Do you want to do it for fame and glory, or do you want to do it for the love of of acting? And and those are the things that I that I would give advice. You know, and just to be persevere, uh, perseverance, uh, stamina, and um, and just have passion for it. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what is your most embarrassing acting moment? The best. Oh, my gosh. I'm still getting nightmares about it now, Jonathan. Uh, it was during, I think it was, I think it was during my, um, my theater and drama school. And, and I did my first William Shakespeare play called Midsummer's Night's Dream. And we were all wearing these masks. So I was playing. Not, not, not to not, not to interrupt you, but for fun fact, a Midsummer's Night Dream was the first uh, theater I had ever done. Oh, wow, it was the first show I was ever in as an actor. Wow, yeah. wow. So, um, as I was saying, uh, we were all wearing these masks, so we were we were portraying these characters with the mask on. So I was portraying the female character because you know in William Shakespeare days. You know, they didn't have female actors back then. They only had male actors to do female parts um, back in Shakespeare days. So so in this play that I was doing, you know, we uh, the castle all had to wear masks. So we weren't showing our faces. We were just portraying these characters with a mask. And I was portraying um, a female character uh, called Titania. That was one of the lead parts in there, in the play. And, uh, and I just... For some reason, I just I just paused. I just forgot my lines, and I was so nervous that I had to sit down in this chair. And somebody was whispering on the corner, said, "We need to get up. We need to." Get up. But I was so nervous, I just sat down in their chair throughout the whole performance, just to say my lines. But then the next night, I didn't sit on their chair. I just got up and performed. But I think on that first night, I just sat down because I was just so nervous. <laughs> so that still gives me nightmares yeah. to this day, which is pretty strange. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I can top that. Uh, I hate telling this story because I tell it in every podcast. So I'm gonna make this one quick. Um, my most embarrassing moment: I was actually Toby in Sweeney Todd, and uh, I was starving, hadn't eaten nothing all day, skipped breakfast. Uh, the lady playing Mrs. Lovett had some brownies, 
So I actually uh, was like, you know what? I'm lactose intolerant, but I'm starving. I'm going to die. So I'm going to have one, two, or 10. I ended up eating 11. <laughs> and it felt like I was impregnated by razor blades, you know. And we got to the, um, we got to the part where it's like, Nothing's gonna harm you, never love around. Nothing's gonna harm you, no sir, not love around. And so um I was like, you know what, I have to fart. And I said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let it out during my uh high note. Because you know, there's a time where he sings you right. know louder. Right. You know, demons will charm you with a smile. <laughs> and so uh I let it out not realizing that I farted in Mrs. Lovett's face, who had a mic attached to it. Oh, so nice. everybody heard it. Everybody heard it. And you know how uh, uh, Songheim shows are. It's like a 100-person cast, only two people, that's the main character. So everybody in the back was laughing at me. <laughs> uh, when, uh, and, and I remember me saying, I hope the audience didn't hear Right. So I purposely went to, because uh, at the end of the show, we stand up to do autographs, take pictures, right. let people know how good we yes. did. And I purposely went to the back where you had to literally be looking for me. And sure enough, people were looking for me. Like they literally <laughs> walked up to me to say, oh, it's okay. Right. It happens. It's not Yes. Like, there was literally a line. And if I could have turned into a puddle and melted, <laughs> I would have. Yeah. Oh, you poor thing. So you still have a nightmare to, yeah. this, to this day about it? Uh, yeah. And the only person that's been able to top me is this girl that was in my musical theater class, Alyssa McCarthy. Oh, right. And, uh, bas- yeah, and basically what happened to her she was doing a showcase and she was singing Take Me or Leave Me. And uh, she had on high heels. And so after she stepped off the platform, she just face planted (laughs) on the ground. But that's not the embarrassing part. I don't know why, but for the life of me, and be looking for it because I might share it because it comes up every day. Yes, yes. I don't know why, (laughs) but for some reason... It circulates. Yes. So say, for instance, like, um, uh, you know, once a year around this time, actually, it circulates and it comes up. And I look on the video and it's like billions have seen it. (laughs) So it's not like she can live it down because it's like her own personal hell. It's a video that pops up once a year. And at least mine was like only the audience side. Yes, yes. It's just you know, it's just really crazy, and, and it could be quite embarrassing if they, if they remind you of what you did in the past, you know. So, I, <laughs> I think I think some of my friends trying to do that to me on on, on Facebook, and um, you know, I just I just look at it and I just laugh at it or joke about it, and you know, and and just forget about it and just take it on board that you know it's one of those one of those things that you just learn from it, you know. So that's. Yeah, all all actors have, you know, all actors have. Yes, that. of course. Now let me ask you yeah. this, uh, and I I tell the actors that come on here, if you haven't had an embarrassing moment, 
Just wait for it because it's coming. <laughs> you know, that's for right. you. You didn't get it over with. That's you right. <laughs> yeah. Now, what is your greatest theater moment? What is your greatest moment of your acting career? I think my greatest moment um, that I was so nervous about and I'm so excited that um, this is back in New Zealand because I was acting in New Zealand and this is why I came to sit in Australia. It was just doing a TV ad. It was a it was a bacon ad. Um, I should well, I, I should send the link on Facebook soon. But you know, as as me doing uh, a TV ad on on Kiwi Bacon, they call it um, back then. It was called Kiwi Bacon. So I did the ad and all that. And yeah, I was I was quite nervous because it was my first. It was my first professional gig. So then then and then after I think. After like an hour or so, I just got relaxed about it. So I think I think the first time that I ever got into it, you know, that was my first professional gig, and yeah, it was it was really you know that was you know that was the moment that I said to myself, you know, if I could if I could if I could just get my foot in the door, and and now I've got this, maybe there'd be other doors opening for me, and I guess all actors feel that way, you know, when they get their first professional mm. gig. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Well, do you have any questions for me? Yeah, any questions? Yeah, yeah. What's, hey, what's the acting like over there in the US, you know, in the USA right now? Is it is it pretty quiet there, Jonathan, at the moment? What's the acting yes, like there uh, we're, you know, because of Miss Rona being in the group chat, I don't know who the admin was, but, you know, she needs to leave. But uh, Hollywood shut down. We're just, some studios are just opening back up. Oh, right. Yes. You know, so we're we're gradually opening up. Uh, theaters are only 20% capacity. Right. And it's funny because uh, I tell everybody, I was performing in theaters with 20% capacity before <laughs> it was in fashion. So I'm okay, yes. you know, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, it, we as artists have learned to evolve with the times, especially um, musical theater. I tell everybody theater is like the math of acting, you know, it's yes. It's easy to transition from That's theater right. to film but it's harder to transition from film to theater because theater is a great foundation, not to knock yes. anybody that has gone straight to television, but theater, like look at Orange is the New Black. All those cast members had right. a theater foundation and it shows. Yes, you know? yes. Like, um, so uh, there's been Quarantine Cabaret, where you know you can uh submit videos of you singing there's um let's see people have been doing read throughs uh tribute concerts to shows people have wow. been you, wow. you know like say for instance they'll take a show like wicked and they'll do a read through with the music or they'll just do the music you know so wow. it's been, uh, and I was thinking about doing a tribute concert to Cinderella one of these days. I don't know, because that <laughs> Cinderella is one it of should be a great idea. <laughs> Roger Hemerstein's Cinderella is a 
is a show that I can sing by myself. I love that show. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. And like all the, the theaters, what they were doing is before we got allowed to do 20% capacity, what we were doing was uh, we would uh, go to Hamilton route where we would tape in an empty theater and right. it would be available to stream online. Wow. Yeah, wow, so that's what a, that's what a lot of theaters in America are doing now. So, say for instance, if you want to see uh, if you want to see uh, Sweeney Todd, you can right. watch it from the comfort of your home or your television. Just you know, go online, pay the fee, and then the movie will pop up. The wow. play will pop up. You know, pre-recorded. Yeah, it's amazing. That's amazing. You know, you know. I, I guess I guess that all great actors, they all. They didn't, uh, well, most of them, half of the percentage of them didn't actually start out in the movies, but they all started in, in theatre, you know. So that's that's a good thing, you know, like like myself and others, you know, I've, I've always, you know, I, I started in theatre and I think my my passion has, has always been theatre. And, you know, and, you know, that's, that's something that I got into before I started getting into TV and, and movies and and that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's 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 that humble place, the theatre, as is whether you know is where your heart is, you know, is is where your home is, you know. So that's that's the theatre. <laughs> Definitely. You got any more questions? Um, no, no. I think that's it. I think that's it for me. Um, I think that was the only question because I was pretty curious about. What's happening in the USA in the acting industry? So yeah, well, what about Australia? How are you guys doing over there? Um, I don't know about the other parts of Australia. I don't know about Melbourne or Adelaide, but in Sydney, uh, we just we just slowly get in there, so we just slowly open up as well. So there's there's auditions because I've got an agent. Um, she usually calls me in to come in for audition. So yeah, so so everything's just opening up. I think Marvel. I think the Marvel company, film company, is coming over to um to Queensland, the Gold Coast. I think they're gonna oh, do wow. uh, I think they're gonna do um a new Marvel movie called um Shang Chi, the Kung Fu character on Yes, yes, I cannot wait. Yeah, yeah. So there's there's quite a few auditions for, for that one as well. So it, so they coming in to Queensland and I think they're doing um Get this. I'm not making this up, but they're also doing an Elvis biofilm with uh, Tom Tom Hanks and the Gold Coast in in Australia. Oh wow! Yeah. So so yeah. So everything now is just opening up slowly. Um, so which is good, you know, which is good. So I'm I'm looking forward to to the auditions, and I'm looking forward to uh, um, getting the call from my agent soon. So <laughs> you know. That's pretty awesome. That's pretty awesome. I can't let you go without you hearing my Australian uh, accent. Like, I can't. Go for it. Go for it, man. I have to do it. Uh, Good eye, Mike. Would you like to use the Denny's? (laughs) Mike, that was pretty good, Mike. That's that's good. That's good the Uh, way you just did it. uh, Thank you, Mike. I try. I try. (laughs) 
<laughs> that's beautiful. That's beautiful. I can, I just, I just put your Australian there, you know. <laughs> right. You know, it's funny because I can only do one accent per hour. Like I, you know, everything else will be Australian. If you ask me to do British next, that would be Australian too. You know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. <laughs> Yeah. Well, it's been a pleasure talking to you, man. I, I will say you're one of the most respectable, not to say that I have disrespectable guests, but you no, were no. one of the most mannerable guests I've ever had. So oh, I, you, I, I, I really appreciate you and I love your personality. And oh, um, thank you so I, much. I, I, I know you're going to go far because you are a casting agent's dream. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you so much, Sean. Friend. Thank you for your yeah. encouragement. Um, I, yeah, I just because yeah. I don't know if you know this, but like in the audition process, and I want to bring this up before we go in the audition process, I have a friend who's a uh, casting agent for MTV, and I asked her, "What do you look for?" And uh, she said, "We don't care. Like we care about the audition, yes, but we mostly." Look for your personality, what you, the aura, the vibe you bring to the room. Yes. You know, and, yes. You, know you definitely brought a, a great vibe to me, so I can just oh, imagine how oh, you are you. in auditions. But yeah, yeah. and, um, you know, as she said, you could go into an audition, fumble over your monologue, but be the sweetest thing. And uh, you would get picked over somebody that did their monologue complete, but didn't say hi, just walked in, didn't speak to anybody, cold. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I've always, I think, I think that's what's missing. It's, it's madness as well because every time you go to audition, I've always say hi. You know, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to kiss the bottom or anything like that. It's not, it's not the case with me. It's, it's about, it's about manners, you know, and it's about respect and say, oh hi, I'm. I'm Fedric and I'm always being myself. So I, I think I think that's a good way of of um in the acting industry because I think the act, uh, acting industry is, you know, um they're just missing manners, I think. And I think it's very important that you show who you are and just show your manners. So I think that's very important. Mm-hmm. Now, um, how do you feel? about the audition process does it because i tell everybody if you're scared or intimidated by an audition you're doing it wrong so how do you feel about the audition process as a whole i i see the audition process as kind of like a job interview you know how you're going for a job interview and you're not too sure when you get the job i i look at it like that you know i do get a little bit nervous but not as nervous and i think that the audition is a great platform because even though you don't pass the audition, you have to you have to give them this idea that you know you have to capture them, like saying, "Hey, okay, I'm not going to get the audition, but can you remember me next time?" And I think and and I think that you know that's important to me that if you do a good performance and you don't pass the audition, but they remember your audition. They can always call it back and say, "Hey, I remember your audition. Can you come back in again?" So it's 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 yeah, it's all about just being yourself and just being passionate and and introducing yourself, you know, and being yourself. You know, that's that's just the most uh, uh, important thing um, in the audition. <laughs>
Yes. <laughs> yeah. And maybe you should, like, so many people look at the audition process like a job interview, but I think that's a horrible way to look at it because it's not yeah. a job interview. Like, um, I don't, do you know who Brian Cranston is? Brian Cranston, yes, yes. He's on, uh, what's your program that he's on? Uh, he's on Bad, isn't he? Uh, yeah, Breaking Bad. That's the one. Yes. Yes. Well, basically, um, basically, uh, he said, I like to look at because first of all, what people don't realize is uh, an audition isn't a job interview. It's a performance like people don't realize, but you're you know, you're getting to do something you love and you don't know if that's going to be your last time to perform. So you might as well perform like it is your last time but Brian Cranston says he likes to look at the audition process as a birthday party right right with with, with the audition being your present now if I go to your birthday party and I give you a present I'm not gonna care what you do with that present you know because it's yours you know if you can use it great if not great and a yes. lot of people go to auditions expecting something in return. But honestly, I feel like what Brian Cranston said is right. You know, here's yes. my, you know, here's my uh, audition. If you can use it, that's good. If you can't, you know, that's good also. You know, just move on. And to piggyback off of what you said also, yes, one of my uh, closest friends, Giovanni, she said, if you don't, try not to focus on winning the interview as much as you focus on winning the room. Like, right. she's got callbacks for Marvel movies and DC movies. Oh, wow. Because wow. even though she didn't get the audition, they would right. be like, hey, we like her. Ask if she could come audition for this or ask if she could come back for this. You know what I mean? Yes, yes. You know, as as you as you're saying about uh, Brian Creston, I think I think that's a good advice. And you know, because as an actor, I'm I'm always I'm always learning and I'm always evolving. It doesn't matter how many years I've got experience in acting. I'm always I'm always learning, and I think I'm gonna take that on board. Um, you know what you you know what you're giving me with Brian Creston's advice. So that's 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 a wonderful advice to to take on board. And I think, yeah, I'll just, I'll just take that on board. Because I mean, one thing that really helped me, I realized if I don't get the part, that doesn't mean I suck. Exactly. Like, exactly. like, say, like say for instance, um, say for example, like uh, a director told me they're not casting you they're casting an ensemble. So you might not get the part because you're too fat, too skinny, too ethnic, not ethnic enough. You know, like if you are too, if you're five foot one and the rest of the cast is six foot, then you're not going to get the part. So, you know, that helped me out because it made me realize that if I don't get the part, it just wasn't for me. It doesn't necessarily have to mean that my audition sucked. Maybe I just wasn't right for the casting, uh, you know, process. Yeah, you yeah, know? that's right. That's right. I um, just just before we go, I remember a famous 
British actor. He's, he's passed away. His name is um, Laurence Olivier, and he used to say this: that <laughs> if, if we can do Hamlet, if we can do Hamlet in the audition, if we can do Hamlet upside down, but you tell the truth through your eyes <laughs> and all that, but if we do Hamlet with it upside down or whatever, and if people can see the truth, they know you got something there, uh, you know, for the audition. So that was pretty interesting. I I I never forgot that when I when I read that, you know. So <laughs> definitely, definitely. Well, it's been a pleasure talking to you, man. It really has. Thank you, I, thank you, my brother. Uh, thank you. Yeah, and I can't wait to talk to you again sometime. Yeah, we will, man. We we will. You know, I I love to I love to chat with you. You know, to see what's our next journey and. And and to see what's our next uh, projects are coming up, yeah, I would love to. And and I like to say uh, once once again, uh, I want to say thank you for inviting me over to the broadcast interview. And I'm really humbled and I'm really honored by that. Say so thank you so much, my brother. Thank you. No problem. Have a nice night or day. What time is it over there? It's like eleven, almost twelve p.m. here. Oh, all oh, right. Twelve a.m. I bet so, twelve a.m. So over here in Sydney, Australia, it would be um, five to three in the afternoon. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we're like like nine hours behind you. Yeah. Okay. Well, hey, you know. <laughs> but yeah. But anyways, <laughs> have a great rest of your day. And Thank you so much. I'll talk to you later. Okay, so it was same to you, my brother, and and you have a great day, and stay healthy and stay safe. All right. Bye.